Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Please, suppose you had a husband whose idea of being gallant was to take off his hat when he went to bed. <laughs> then, uh, suppose you came home one day from a shopping trip with a large bundle in your arms, and that same husband said, Prithee, fair damsel, wouldst allow me to take thy bundle? You'd probably say... Huh? <laughs> Just like Mrs. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. Would you mind repeating that, McGee? Not at all, not at all. I said, prithee, fair damsel, wouldst allow me to take thy bundle? Oh, sure, sure, take the bundle. And take an aspirin. Take a tonic. You're not well. No doubt my language doth seem strange. As soon as I take it your bundle and put it on the table, I will explain it. Yes, I wish you would it. <laughs> what goes on? Well, that was a sample of the new McGee, kiddo. The courteous McGee that's replaced the old McGee, which I used to have the manners of a Chinese bull in a shop. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't say that about Chinese bull. Huh? I mean, you shouldn't say that about yourself. Well, why not? Didn't I always put cigar butts in your sewn basket? Well, yes. And didn't I wipe my hands and face with the his towels and wipe my shoes with the hers towels? That's true. And didn't I read the newspaper at the breakfast table and poke a hole in the middle of it so as I could drink coffee without putting it down? That you did. Now, let's face it, Tootsie. I've been real uncouth, but that's all over. From now on, I'm going to be politer than a Pekingese pup in a backyard full of bulldogs. <laughs> You know, I think I'm going to like this, sweetheart. Uh, to what do I owe this uh, change for, I hope, uh, the better? I am reading a book. The Life of Sir Walter Raleigh. Sir Walter Raleigh? Yep. Lived more than 300 years ago, and they're still writing books about him. And why? On account of because he was polite. Why, do you know what he done? Uh, yes. I'll he's... tell you about it. <laughs> you see, Sir Walter was loping through the streets of London one time... Wrapped up in one of them long velvet cloaks that nobody wears nowadays except wrestlers. <laughs> he must have made a pretty picture. It was sloppy weather and the streets was full of mud, and all of a sudden here comes good Queen Bess without her overshoes. The careless girl. And Sir Walter sees the Queen prowling around a puddle, so quick's a flash. He whips off his velvet cloak and spreads it over the puddle so she can trot across without getting her dogs dancey. That kiddo is real courtesy. It certainly is. So, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh is going to be your model. Right. I'm going to act like him and talk like him and be like him. Maybe 300 years from now, there'll be a book about Sir Fibber McGee. I'd like to read that. No longer needest thou do all the work and beat thy brains out, for I am at thy beck and call. Dost thou approve? Yea, verily. Well, I'm a little tired from that trip downtown, so... Sit here in my favorite chair. Well, good. I'd, I'd take a look at the morning paper, but it's out in the kitchen. Ah, thy slightest wish is my command, fair lady. I shall fetch it. Heavenly days, I think the lad's got something this time. Oh, oh, could I get used to this treatment in a hurry. Although... Here thou art, my lady. Readest thou the latest dirt. Tis only... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Come in. Good afternoon, Molly. Hello, pickle nose. 
Ah, we should have lifted the drawbridge across the moat, my lady. <laughs> the good doctor has caught us with our bridges down. <laughs> but greetings to thee, my portly friend. What's with him, Molly? Somebody slug him with a loaded plum pudding? <laughs> no, he's been reading about Sir Walter Raleigh, doctor. And a truly great man, fat sire. <laughs> and my idol. Yes, uh, he's living the life of Raleigh today. <laughs> hey, that was cute. Did you hear what I said, doctor, the life of Raleigh? Yes. <laughs> Ah, it was indeed a subtle thrust, my dear. Most provocative of mirth. This I don't get at all. Well, I'm merely immolating my idol, Doctor. <laughs> so long as you, sire, are a guest in my house, you shall get not but sweet talk from me henceforth. <laughs> oh, stop it, stupid. You can't pour honey out of a vinegar bottle. <laughs> well, why I said bottle, I don't know. You're shaped more like a jug. <laughs> Well, now, he's really serious about this, Doctor. He's been very sweet to me. I mean it, Doctor. Politeness is my byword. Why do you think I'd refer to you, my guest, as a fat, repulsive slob? Never. <laughs> I'm too polite. <laughs> Isn't he sweet? Yes. But it doesn't seem possible, Molly, that this is the same McGee I've known and despised for 20 years. <laughs> You think I'm going to answer that by saying that the dislike of a lemon-headed lout with a satchel full of sugar pills and a head full of nothing is a compliment? Nay, nay, doctor. Forsooth. Can this be the same little rat who pulled that contemptible trick on the golf course last fall? It is indeed the same little rat, kind sir. What did he do on the golf course, doctor? Oh, I had to match one, Molly. All I needed was a three-inch putt. Suddenly, little cheat nickel here screamed he was bee stung, staggered around in circles, and stomped my ball six inches deep in the turf. <laughs> you chiseler. It was a trick, wasn't it? Twas indeed a trick. <laughs> Never again will I stoop so low to win from a better player. Okay, I quit. When you admit a thing like that, I'm licked. I'll just have to get used to this, I guess. A new McGee with a heart of gold to match his gold tooth. <laughs> Your pardon, fair sir, but I haveth not a gold tooth. Well, that's funny. I was sure you had. Do you mind if I look? Look with all you wish. Okay, open your mouth wide. Ah. Uh... Thanks. I ain't close it. That'll be five dollars. <laughs> Five dollars for what? For examining your throat. What? My charge for a house call is five dollars. Why? I'll put it on your bill. Why, you big fat tub of quivering blubber. I'm going to punch you right in... Hey, you tricked me. <laughs> Forsooth. Indeed, I did it. <laughs> Very well, good pigeon. <laughs> Out, lout. How now, good wife? <laughs> Must I see thee with a rag in thy hands? Yes, you dust. <laughs> I'm dusting. Ah, my dear, cease thy toil. Would Sir Walter Raleigh permit his queen to do such crummy work and perchance soil her dainty lunch hooks? <laughs> Gadzooks, no. Give me the dust rag, kiddo. Here you are, Gadzooks. 
You can start dusting the mantle first if you like. Ah, uh, forsooth, thy word is my command. I'll begin it with these knickknacks here, and when I'm through, every nick and every knack will shine it like... What the heck was that? <laughs> you just knocked a nick and a knickknack. Mm. <laughs> Look at it, the little china bust of Cupid asleep that Aunt Sarah gave us. Ah, uh, grieve not, good wife. It can be stuck it back together. Yeah, but, McGee, I wish you hadn't broken well. it. I love that little thing. It was the nicest bust I ever saw. Yeah, and the loudest bust I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, don't you get it, my lady? Tis a jet. Come in. <laughs> oh, hello, Ed. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Mr. McGee, I brought you a box of alfalfa coronas. Well, greetings on the little man, delivery boy with cigars of tan. Boy, that's quite a hello, Mr. McGee. That's the new Mr. McGee, Ed. He's selling courtesy today. Sir Walter Raleigh is his model. Yeah. Sir Walter Raleigh. Yeah. Oh, he was the guy with the mud puddle bit, right? <laughs> That's the man, Ed. He was famous for his courtesy. How do you stack up in the courtesy department, Ed? Like, for instance, what do you say when you ask a girl to dance? Well, uh, I just grab her and say, let's kick, chick. <laughs> I thought so. What you ought to do, Ed, is give the girl a low bow, see? A low bow? Mm-hmm. Boy, if that gang we go with caught me bowing, they'd boot me out the window. <laughs> What if you do get razzed a little at first? You keep on bowing long enough and you know what'll happen? Sure, I'll get Charlie horses. <laughs> you'll get popular, that's what you'll get. Politeness pays off, Ed. You pick out the politest guy you know and I'll bet he's funny popular. Girls like that stuff. Gee, now that you mention it, I know one fellow like that. Yeah? Sidney Mildred. Mildred? Yes, ma'am. Old Sid is plenty polite and almost any girl in town will give him a date. You see? What does he do, Ed? Well, he always brings a girl a big box of candy. Mm-hmm. And then he always holds the door of his CAD convertible open and helps them in. <laughs> and he always takes them to dinner at the Ritz Vista Sump Room. Mm-hmm. I never realized it was courtesy that made old Sid so popular before. <laughs> well, of course, there may be other things in his case. The reason and... I know about him is because his girls usually get a headache and he politely takes them home. Oh, yeah. Well, I work late at Kramer's, and the girls usually call me around 10.30, and I go by for some of Sid's candy and a little smooching. <laughs> well, I think you've got something with that politeness treatment, Mr. McGee. Maybe I can be as popular as old Sid. Thanks a lot. Bye. So long, boy. <laughs> I think the lad is a little confused, dear. You said it. He, hey, what you going to do? Well, I thought I'd go upstairs and get my sewing basket. I've got a lot of mending to do. Say no more. I'll catch it to thee. Much as I thought I was going to like this, it's getting a little monotonous. I never saw. There you are, my dear. Your sewing basket. Heavenly days, that was a fast trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been quicker, only I stopped in to put a few pair of socks in. I punched the toes out of them. <laughs> well, what else can I do for Hello, you? Hello, Wally. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. How now, kind sir? How now? I thought you only said that to brown cows. <laughs> well, it's the McGee version of the way Sir Walter Raleigh talks, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah, and he's my ideal. Courtesy, that's the stuff I'm handing out now. Well, this I never dreamed of. All my guests are going to be treated with the utmost respect. In the past, perchance, I have showed some lack of interest in a subject quite dear to your heart, mm-hmm. but that's all over. Oh? In case you've got something you'd like to say, I'll bring it up myself. Reynolds Aluminum, forsooth. Taketh it from there. Well, gee whiz, I, 
Well, I would like to tell you about Reynolds' lifetime aluminum flashing, pal. Our most notable products are... Prithee, tell us how this flashing is the metal one uses on roofs and around chimneys and over doors and windows to prevent leaks. Yeah, 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 I will. And beyond that, I'll... Tell, tell... us why aluminum maketh the best flashing. Because it's rust-proof and costs less and is easy to shape and trim. Speak up, Knave. Oh, okay, yeah, I will. Tell this us about flashing... the special package of Reynolds flashing, which contains ten aluminum sheets, each 18 inches wide and four feet long it. Okay. Uh... What's wrong, kind sir? Has the cat got thy tongue? No. Uh... Then tell us no, how I buy Reynolds in... lifetime aluminum flashing from our hardware or building supplies dealer. Beeth, my guest. No, no, I... I think I'll leave now and come back sometime when your manners aren't so good. But thou hast scarcely said a word about Reynolds' lifetime aluminum flashing. Yeah, and if the Reynolds boys send me a nasty letter about it, I know who to blame. Really? No, Raleigh. Mm. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say you were terribly polite to him, McGee. Yeah, well, I couldn't resist it, kiddo. For once, I wanted to see him standing there with aluminum on his mind and egg on his face. (laughs) Poor lad, he did look dumbfounded. Yeah, he'll never be founded so dumb again. (laughs) Well, kiddo, what can I do for you now? Well... Oh, I know. I'll serenade you. Serenade me? Verily, my pet. The book I'm reading says all the better class of gents used to do that. Really? Yep. They sung mushy songs and played on a thing called a lute, which probably means they swiped it. (laughs) And on another thing, kind of like a small harp. Liar? No, it's in the book. (laughs) I got no small harp, but my old mandolin's right here on top of the piano. Uh, Dearie, if you don't mind. Relax, my lady, relax. While I pour sweet melodies into thy shell-like ears. Oh, I had the little pig, and I called him Peter Pork. He backed into a bottle, and his tail pulled out the cork. (laughs) Heavenly days. Is that what Sir Walter Raleigh sang? Is that what Sir Walter Raleigh sang to good Queen Bess? Could have been. It's an old song and a mighty pretty one. If Sir Walter had a high tenor voice and a low sense of rhythm, he could have bowled Bess over with that. Come in. Oh, it's the old timer. Hello there, kids. Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is indeed a pleasure. Jolly nice to see you, old timer. Pull up a chair. Here, have mine. Sit thee. What's the gimmick, daughter? He got the chair wired or full of upholstery tacks. But I ain't got enough upholstery to take these No, no. Not at all, Mr. Oldtimer. He's just practicing politeness today. From now on, boy, I'm going to be the soul of courtesy. Politeness always pays. Well, now, son, you got the right idea. I've always been very polite myself. When I was just a kid, kids, Mama taught us kids politeness. Good. Use psychology, Mama did. Yeah? She had a book about like the one Johnny's got there called Applied Psychology. Well. When Mama applied the flat side of the psychology to the round side of us kids, we learned manners. <laughs> What's reading, Johnny? Well, uh, this book is... Never what... interrupt when folks is talking, Mama said. Mm-hmm. Be polite. Your mother was right. She must have been a very Especially nice... Especially lady, she said. Never interrupt the lady, Mama said. What's reading, Johnny? Well, this book is about Sir Walter... Always be interested in what other folks are saying, no matter how dull it is, Mama said. Makes them like you. Your mother had the right idea. She And never raise your voice to a lady, Mama said. 
Don't holler at the women folks, son, or they'll slap the kinks into your bridge work. <laughs> What's reading, Johnny? Nothing. <laughs> Just got this book to press butterflies in. <laughs> What's new with you? Well, my girlfriend Bessie got herself a new job last week. Well, good for her. How is Bessie, anyway? Just fine, daughter. Cuter than a basket of puppies and just about as frisky. <laughs> works with her sister Essie now down at the glue works. The glue works? Yep. I says to her last night, Bessie, I says, how's your new job? And she says, frankly, she says, it sticks. Too <laughs> 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 <She> short? <laughs> Still gets off some dandies. Yeah. She must be a corker. No, nope, she's a bottler, daughter. Sissy <laughs> Ussie is the corker. <laughs> and I think it's lovely of you to treat me like a queen, dearie, and fun is fun. Oh, but... I love doing it, kid. I'm afraid that in the past I haven't pampered you enough. Oh, yes, you have. I have? Pampered you? Oh, I thought you said hampered me. Oh. <laughs> Look, now, I've got... I'll get it. wonder how Sir Walter Raleigh answered the phone. He probably just said, Palace, Raleigh speaking. <laughs> Palace, Raleigh... Uh, McGee's residence. Who? No, nobody here by that name. It's funny, that sounded like Doc Gamble. Who did he want? Ask for a guy named Guy Fox. We know any guy named Guy Fox? No, there was a lad around the palace by that name, but he blew. Oh. McGee, hand me my apron off the sofa. I've got to get out and start dinner. Ah, say no more, my dear. Stay thy hand. I shall prepare thy sup. Oh, no. No, It ill becomes a gentlewoman to toil with the vittles. I shall don thy apron and proceed. Oh, dear. Come in. Good afternoon, Molly. McGee. Gadzooks, it's the Lord Mayor himself. <laughs> Pray enter, Your Worship. How is that? Just his way of saying, come in, Mr. Mayor. I very Oh, I see. What brings on the Peoria-type Elizabethan dialect, McGee? <laughs> you trying out for the role of the butler in the second road company of Lady Windermere's fan? <laughs> I am reading a book, Homer. Sir Walter Raleigh. Very sterling character. Made up my mind to copy him in every way. I see. Where did you read that Sir Walter Raleigh wore pink ruffled aprons? Oh. <laughs> well, that's his own touch, Mr. Mayor. Yes, I am about to prepare our evening repast, Your Worship, so that my lady may be spared the rigors of the skilletry. <laughs> I think you mean scullery. Scullery? I don't know what you keep in your kitchen, Latrive, but we keep skillets in ours. <laughs> Not a skull in the whole joint except the ones we're wearing. Uh, just let it lay there, dearie. As my lady wishes. How are things with you these days, Mr. Mayor? Busy? Uh, yes, yes. I've had a rather bad time with a group of unhappy taxpayers this week. You ever see a group of happy taxpayers, boy? <laughs> no, no. But these were unusually unhappy. Oh? They're dissatisfied with the way the city treasurer is handling our money. Who is the treasurer, anyhow, Mr. Mayor? Oh, a man in whom I have the greatest confidence, Molly. I've known him for years. He's almost like an uncle to me. Who is he? My cousin. <laughs> I, uh, I assure the complainants that Cousin Wilbur has not put one cent of city money into his own bank account. Ridiculous. Of course it is. 
How they expect a man to support a wife and three racehorses and put money in the bank, I don't know. Well, now, you boys just sit here and chat while I go start dinner. Give me the apron, McGee. No, I'll... sir. You stay right where you darn are, fair lady. Even as Sir Walter Raleigh done it to his queen, I shall devote my life to protecting thee from the necessitudes of tribulation. I shall go ever onward, ever forward, spreading my cloak over the puddles of life, lest thy dainty foot be soiled. Sweet Genevieve. Isn't that sickening? <laughs> you know, it's been like this all day, Mr. Mayor. Betcha. I... That was a secret of Raleigh's success, Latrivia. He devoted his entire life to just doing nice things for Queen Elizabeth. I'll bet she really appreciated him. Well, as a matter of fact, McGee, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't? Queen Elizabeth had him banished from her court, and he finally wound up getting his head chopped off. Uh, his, his head? Chopped off? Right. I know how she felt. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, after all he done, all his politeness, and that's all the thanks he got? Yes. Hey, Molly. Yes, dearie. Put this apron on and get my dinner ready. Give me my chair. Come on, get started. Make it snappy. My word, that's... Go home, Latrivia. I'm sick of being polite. Come on, Molly, get with it. I want Well, thank goodness I've got my husband back. Yeah. You know, Molly, I'm not just cut out for that Walter Raleigh, sir, stuff. I'd like to be your gal at night, but I, I guess I just ain't the type. Well, I don't expect you to come galloping up on a milk-white steed, sweetheart. You'd only get saddle sores anyhow. I guess so. Anyhow, even if I don't act like it sometimes, you always will be my queen, Tootsie. And you will always be my good night. You what? Good night. Good night. Good night, all.